What is up, everybody? Welcome into this live Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats from our brand new studio here in Los Angeles. This is incredible. This show is going to be a blast. We're going to talk about the White Sox and Rangers play that sent the baseball world in a frenzy because replay once again has failed us and failed the game of baseball. The Cincinnati Reds are the hottest team in all of baseball and are playing some of the best baseball they've played since the 50s. We got top five BVP. We got more topics to discuss. This one is going to be a blast. Let's go. Fly ball onto the track at the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field. What a game. What a moment. Alex, we have a brand new show open. We have a brand new studio. This is incredible. This is one of the, I think that this is the nicest set I've ever seen. This I'm is just awesome. I'm so happy. It just feels so cool. And I, the first time I saw the new intro was when we actually played it before the show. And it was just like, <laughs> wait, what? This is sick. It's, it's just so cool. Everywhere you look, you're like, that's cool. That's cool. This floor is cool. The lights are cool. It's just so rad. So I know you guys have heard us talking about this new set, but this has been, I feel like 10, this has been almost a year long process. This entire season so far, we've been off site while this studio is being remodeled and so much went into this and we're going to do our best to showcase literally all of it. I mean, mm -hmm. there's an LED floor, there's LED walls everywhere, there are walls that can move. I mean, we can do, there's so much we can do. The possibilities are endless. And I, I mean, I'm just, I'm so excited and so grateful to now have this space. And I will say, I, I feel like from the beginning of the season, I kept asking people like, when, when's the new studio going to be done? Yeah. And the entire time it was like, well, June 20th. And it's like, okay, well, I'll plan for like two months later. Right. It stayed, it was unbelievable. It right stayed on, on track. schedule. This is done perfectly. There's so much we can do. I'm so excited. And we're going to utilize that today. You're going to see some of the fun features that we're going to do throughout the entire show. Uh, it's going to be a blast. You know who else? It's like a fun little addition to our like first live show in the studio is we have your parents here <laughs> which is my favorite when mom and dad are so here watching one of the, the show one of the cool parts of this entire space yeah. is that there's couches and seats and everything you can imagine you can come hang out in the area mm -hmm. and in our first show in here my parents are in town hanging out mom over and dad the, and the lights are per they're perfectly <laughs> lit i mean look at this this is great and it, so it's always great to have them in town and for them to be here. They were actually here like one of the last shows we ever did I know. on the old set in here. And now they're here for the first, first one live in, show. The, in the new place. So It's a big week for your family. Like yes. all of you guys, obviously your first week here in the new studio, but then your brother, Justin, went back to Houston for his first time. Night one, got a tribute video, got his World Series ring, which I know was had to be incredibly emotional for him, for you, for the entire family. And then he pitched. Yeah. And I think the coolest thing about that is they played his his walkout music yeah. at Houston when he came to the mound. I was completely fine with everything until I watched the tribute video. The tribute video is just straight up emotional. I oh, mean yeah. it's from it starts with his press conference when he first flew in 
uh, after the trade and becomes a member of the Houston Astros and amidst the hurricane and everything going on in Houston and just the way that year played out, them winning the World Series, and it just was like a time lapse of his entire career in Houston. And, you know, there's, you know, I I made a cameo in the video. Yep. My parents are in there. They the Astros really did a good job of making it um it was it was super well done. So that was where the emotions came from. It was really cool to see him get the ring. Dusty Baker came out and they had the embrace at home plate and the stadium was going wild. As you mentioned, he pitched and honestly threw well aside mm -hmm. from he gave up a homer to Alex Bregman. So he ended up giving up four earned seven innings though, five strikeouts. Ended up pitching pretty well. Numbers don't exactly say that at the end of the day, but I mean, it's it's tough sometimes to pitch through emotions like that. And I remember I was talking to Justin, and he said, like, thank God the Astros played the tribute video the night before I pitched. When he went yeah. back to Detroit for the first time, he was, like, getting ready to take the field for the game, and he's, like, bawling tears because they're playing the tribute <laughs> video. And it's like, come on, guys. Like, Do you know what that reminds me of? Ted Lasso, have you? Are you caught up on oh, like I'm the done, season yeah. finale? Yeah. yeah, where they play the tribute video to the team before yeah, they yeah. go out and play the championship <laughs> game, and everyone's just on the field hysterically crying. Yeah, it's a full Ted Lasso moment. Yeah, so it was uh, a really cool return to Houston for for Justin, and definitely emotional. Super emotional. Did you talk to him? Oh yeah. Well, I actually I talked to him the second he basically the second he got into the locker room the yeah. first day. I wasn't even thinking about him being in Houston. You were thinking about yourself I per was usual. Thinking, I had uh -huh. just walked into this new set, thinking about yourself per usual. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this brand new set that I had just walked on and yeah. I was like, Justin, you need to see this. So he had been at, at Minute Maid Park for like 30 seconds and I'm already like FaceTiming. Like, yeah. Look at this, look at this. But honestly, he was like, that's the coolest thing it I, is. I've ever seen. So uh, yeah, we did talk, obviously emotional return and uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a fun night. Another fun thing about last night was Shohei Otani on the mound facing the Dodgers and just went off. Yeah. He went off. Future team? I Maybe? I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it. Future team? Maybe. Hop, Seven hop, innings pitched, my other team. 12 strikeouts, Whew. one run, and took the loss on the mound because the Angels couldn't score at all. Uh, he now leads the American League in home run rate as a batter and strikeout rate as a pitcher which is just remarkable and we've been talking a lot about his MVP odds lately yeah. and I got a couple updates for you okay one the odds are now after last night minus 550 to win the AL MVP award and also the question I proposed last show was I don't think there's probably ever been an MVP that's this heavy of a favorite in any professional sport before yeah. the halfway mark of the season true Really? There's never Across been, all professional yeah, sports. There's never been this heavy of a favorite to win the MVP award of the league before the season's even halfway over. That's crazy. And he also became the first Angels pitcher with 12 strikeouts against the Dodgers last night. But his quote after the game was actually pretty... What you want to hear right now from Otani he said, I definitely felt way better this time. It was the most comfortable I felt on the mound all year. The key is to continue how I felt today. Of course, it's hard because there's days in between, but I need to stay focused on what I did again. So that last night was his best, how he felt yeah. on the mound the entire season. I would agree. I, was, I watched the whole game. He was throwing 100 by guys. He was – off speed looked great. So for the first time in, in a couple – maybe a month or so, I feel like, we, we got back to seeing – 
dominant Shohei Otani on the mound. Yeah, just unfortunately it was the Angels' eighth straight loss to the Dodgers since 2021. So has not been a good streak. It's actually the longest losing streak in the freeway series Angels have ever had to the Dodgers. So just, you know, a little unfortunate there for Otani who had an incredible outing. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to our first segment here, making a statement. Okay. I'm going to give you some bold statements. You tell me if you agree with them or you don't. Are you ready for the first one? Yeah. <laughs> Major League Baseball blew the Rangers and White Sox call. So this, this play took the baseball world up into a frenzy. It should have. Because it was correctly called on the field. Yep. They made the right call. The umpires on the field did what they needed to do. The runner was out. They called him out. Everything was all hunky-dory and fine. And then the the White Sox decided to challenge obstruction at the plate and the call ended up getting overturned. So the reason it's Major League Baseball, I believe, blew the call is because it wasn't the umpires on the field. It was the um, it was the re- replay. So the reason that the reason this call even got changed is absolutely ridiculous. Alex, yeah. Why don't we head up to our brand new LED floor? Epic. Here in the studio, and we'll put the play here and kind of explain everything that happened. But the reason this call was blown is because, or the the reason the call was changed is because they said, well, he obstructed the plate. Yeah. It's just an absolutely ridiculous call. The replay system in Major League Baseball right now is failing us as a sport, failing us as fans. And if this is the way that replay is going to go, we just need to get rid of it altogether. Because you can't have plays like this happening where it's a clear and obvious call. The umpires actually called it out on the field and they overturn it. So what I get tired of with replay is what seems like uh, in Major League Baseball just leans on the word stands as a crutch, right? Like, well, the play stands, so they won't overturn something. But then there's something that's completely clear and obvious, and they use that to overturn the play, which was just a completely wrong call in this situation. So I want to – we're up here on the stage now. Director John, can we put the play in this LED floor and kind of explain a little bit of what's going on here? So this is going to be from the replay, and you can see it here. Runners coming in, and he's trying to – clearly has a lane to slide in. Catcher gives him his lane. And from here, you can see, look at it from this angle. There's a clear, everywhere you look, there's a path to home plate that is clear and obvious for him to get to. So I don't understand how you can overturn this call. Alex, let's switch right now, and I'll be in the catcher position. You be over in the base running position. And when the right spot gets up here, we can pause it. Let's pause it right here. Okay, so. I'm the catcher right here. You're the base runner. You're Elvis Andrews. Yes. So if you look at this play right here, there's not a single point in which he isn't allowing you as the runner mm-hmm. a path to home plate. There isn't. If I'm if I'm running from this angle, I you can see your path yeah. to run. You have every spot in the world to guard the plate. So you can tell from this angle is the perfect one to realize, well, how do they overturn this and say that the runner doesn't have a lane to home plate? There obviously is a lane to home plate, and you can see it right here. I want to bring up a, an overhead view of home plate if we can. I believe we have one of those. So look, okay. here's a home plate. Yep. It's not 
It's not the White Sox home stadium, as you can tell, but it's a perfect overhead view of home plate. So let's discuss this rule as a whole. The reason this rule even came into place is the Buster Posey rule, correct? Mm -hmm. Where he ends up breaking everything, and he's a legend of the league. And it's like, okay, we can't have you running over me as a catcher. That needs to be taken out of the game. But if we're going to take out that you can't run over me to get to home, we need to allow you to have a clear path to home plate. Mm -hmm. The only way that you don't have a clear path is if I come up here and stand right here and And block block you from getting home. In my catcher's gear, and I'm blocking everything. You have nowhere to go. But if I'm here as a catcher, and I'm looking for the throw, wherever it's coming from, if I'm here, it's there's a path clear right there. and obvious. Yeah. And you can also even block home plate after you catch the ball. So yeah. I could catch it and then get here. Which, by the way, he was in possession of the ball. And he still wasn't even before, blocking the yeah. plate. But he could if he wanted to. Exactly. So I could catch it from here. In this instance, the throw took him over here. So there's an angle of this play where somebody took a screenshot and shows him right here crossing over the plate. Mm-hmm. But again... Even this isn't blocking the plate. It's giving you a clear lane to slide right through my legs if you want to and be safe at home. But he crosses over home, catches the ball right here, and next thing you know, tags the runner out. As you're sliding here, you have your clear and obvious path. Here. Yes, you can slide anywhere. You can have the smallest sliver to touch, but you still have your lane. The only thing is here. You have no way to get home from here. But from what he did here, he crossed over the plate, then comes back and tags you. As Elvis Andrews actually dove and was yeah. able to touch home here, he was just out at the plate. They were both safe. Everybody like safe from each other. Safe from each they other. They were safe yes. from each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's not a world in which he was blocking the plate. Not, nobody even thought that he was. Everybody goes back to their dugouts, inning over. They decide to challenge the play, and they say he's... The call is overturned because he was blocking the plate. And I just, I can't disagree with that more. Neither can the entire baseball world because I can't clarify enough that the only reason this rule was put into place was for Buster Posey and no more running over the catcher. And unless it's clear and egregious that I'm blocking the plate and I don't have the ball yet and you have nowhere to go, it's absolutely ridiculous to change that ruling. And honestly, I haven't seen a a call in baseball get that much heat in a long time, and rightfully so. So uh, one, if you're just listening to this, Obviously, that might be a lot to keep up with. This will be on all social media, the explanation of this. You can watch on YouTube. But um, this floor is incredible. I, right? <laughs> this um, is so cool. Yes, this was, this was awesome. But th- that play is ridiculous. And Major League Baseball just either needs to – the answer is either – be better with replay. figure it out and be better yeah. or just get rid just of it just trust the umpire's instincts on the field because they're not always right which is funny for you to say it considering is. we've gone out we've done like so many segments on like the umps need to figure it out but in this instant you're saying the umpire was yes. right replay new york i've also been very against for the long haul robot umpires i i agree I get frustrated with umpires, but it's a human element to the game of baseball, yes. and it's it's natural for them to miss calls. My whole thing is call up the best umpires, and the ones that are grandfathered in and have been there since Babe Ruth was playing, get them out of here. Have a just have them held accountable. And the yeah. umpire that the umpires that overturned that back in New York, they didn't have to talk to anybody. Nope. The umpires that blow obvious calls on the field, they don't have to talk to anybody. 
Mistakes happen. Umpires aren't perfect. I understand that, and I'm not asking for them to be. I'm also not asking for robots. I just want a situation where they can be held accountable, but make have them make the call, and they're not going to be perfect. But some place where you should be close to perfect is replay, replay. when you have all of the angles and all of the time to figure out and get it right. So I'm if taking it. If it's not going to be perfect yeah. replay, then get rid of it. Yeah. Because I can't, I can't tell you how much it pisses me off when they just come out and say, oh, the call stands. When everybody can see with their own eyes, well, what do you mean it stands? It's pretty obvious that it should be overturned. And then the one time that it sh is clear and obvious, they just overturn it and say it was uh, just, yeah, ridiculous. So, so I take it you agree with this statement. I don't even know what it was anymore. I yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, angry. I agree. It was that Major League Baseball blew the Rangers White oh, Sox yeah. call. Oh yeah. So you agree with this statement? I do. Yes. Check. All right. Yeah. On to our next statement. You okay. ready for this one? Yep. The Reds are just getting started. <laughs> I am loving this Cincinnati Reds yeah. team. They are on a roll. Eleven wins in a row as we enter this Thursday. One of the best. One of the best stretches this Cincinnati Reds team has ever been on. Um, what I will say, to are they just getting started in terms of the win streak? Probably not. But in terms of this season and the rest of time for them, I'm going to say yes, they are just getting started. I, I love this team. I love the Cincinnati Reds and the win streak they're on. The 11 wins, longest win streak since 1957. Wow. Longest win. The Big Red Machine was in the 70s. So the Big Red Machine didn't even go on 11-game win streak. This Reds team, since Ellie De La Cruz has come up, that is the difference maker. Oh, yeah. They were 22nd in Major League Baseball in terms of record before Ellie De La Cruz. And then after... Ellie joined. They are now the second best team in Major League Baseball, going 13 and 2 since he's joined the Reds. Not bad. I, I'd say that's incredible. I, I this was in every week. John Smoltz comes on, yeah. and this week we talked about not the uh, yeah kind of the Reds in particular, but we talked a lot about the small market teams having a lot of success right now. You look at my top 10 power rankings right now. I saw somebody comment this this week. If somebody were to show me these power rankings in February or March of this year, I would have thought the world ended and wiped out like 20 other teams because we have. The Rangers, the Orioles, the Reds, yeah. the Angels are in it, the Giants are in it, the Rays are at the top. It's kind of a crazy look. These small market teams are going off this year. And I was able to ask Smoltz about that on Saturday of, hey, what's going on? Like, why are we seeing this from the small market teams this year? And I think that pretty much explains why we're seeing this from the Reds. So we'll talk about this more in a second, but let's play that Smoltz clip. Well, I think rosters and the way that they're built, right, the rosters of these teams – uh, lend themselves to more, I think, space stealing, more put, putting balls in play. They don't have maybe the rosters of home runs and power, which the big clubs seem to build their club and roster on. So I think they're taking advantage of throwing over twice, enticing people to steal, no shift. And I think the athleticism is coming back in the game and the teams that either lucked into it roster-wise or could see this coming – are the teams now that can compete with the big boys. And I really believe that it does level the playing field a, a little bit. And the financial disparity, that's still real, but the flexibility of the lineup is now something that, that, that clubs can take advantage of. For me, what, what he said, I, I think the biggest beneficiary of that is the Diamondbacks. Oh, yeah. When I look at this Reds team, I, I, really, I don't really see a team that's – 
they've gotten up to a level playing field because of these rules. I look at this team as they called up their young superstar in Ellie De La Cruz, who has everything under the sun in terms of speed, power. We saw him hit another homer the other day, plays really good defense, has a rocket for an arm. And then you pair that with a veteran that comes back, potential Hall of Famer Joey Votto, who's made his return, hit a home run, had three RBIs in his debut. And the swaggiest video to share that he was back. There, like, There's not an epic. athlete that – he might be the best athlete on social media that I've ever seen. Do you think he has his own team? Yes. It's it's so good. He so, He's so funny. He came on Flipping Bats – last year and yeah. we talked about his social media because it made a complete one joey Votto like didn't really talk much like yeah. it was just kind of Look under- at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible and, it, and he was just kind of like off to himself and and then i asked him like you've made a full 180 with your social media why and he was like i just started to realize like you know i'm at the back end of my career i'm doing something really cool why not showcase that so they got him back he's been out for a long time he was one of my favorite interviews they're 40 and 35 Alex they're in first place they have three straight sweeps five straight series wins and they have 26 comeback wins this year which is the most in Major League Baseball the Cincinnati Reds are the real deal and their third highest paid player this year is Ken Griffey Jr. so they're doing it without paying a lot of guys a lot of money which is cool in case you haven't heard, King Griffey Jr. is not really producing much for the Reds this year. Yeah, no. <laughs> but he's still on the payroll. That is absolutely yeah. incredible. Yep. All right. So, yeah, you agree with that statement. The Reds are just getting started. I'm starting to get so into answers that I have no idea I, I, what I the can statement tell. Was I was like, he doesn't even remember. My, what I like the Reds. I, I like the Reds a lot. Cool, cool, cool. You ready for the next one? Yep. You mentioned them in this last little rant you went on. The Giants are a serious contender. I've gone back and forth in my own head about this okay. for a few Where'd you land? days now. I'm still not sure. We'll talk it out. Okay, let's talk um, it out. So they're at 10 wins in a row. First mm-hmm. time they've done that since 2004. I do worry about the Giants because it's an odd year and they always win on even years. That's fine. So that's they going did. against all their, them. All their World Series. All of them are yeah. on even years. Um, here's what I'll say. I'll say yes, and I don't think they have the best roster in the NL West. I don't even think they have a top two roster in the NL West. But this is what the Giants do. This is what they do. It's like ingrained in the franchise Mm -hmm. to win. And then they go on stretches like this, and you can just start to feel the Giants' magic come back. And I watch this team. I I look up statistics of this team, and they don't do anything – elite they're not like top top at the league of anything or top three in the league they do everything well but they know how to win and my worry with a team like I'll I'll use the Padres for a reference because they have a better roster that's what I was gonna say I was like you see a team that has what you we thought was going to be an incredible roster and have a really rocky start to the season yeah they have a better roster but I don't think they yet know how to to win. And that might not mm-hmm. sound like it might not make a ton of sense, but if you're on a team in an organization that's uh, that's a winner, you can't really explain it. Something just happens and you can feel it. And right now that's what we're feeling with the Giants. It just feels like all those runs they went on that they won all those championships. And I'm not saying this is a World Series team, but 
I think they are absolutely a serious contender. And uh, yeah, I just one uh, one thing I need to talk about because okay. I was watching Mike Yastrzemski hit a walk off home run the other night into the bay into yeah. McCovey Cove splash homer for the win. Whoever is in charge of the fountains in right field, I need to meet and oh, talk to. Oh, you're a to. big fan? I love the timing. <laughs> the timing is perfect. It's the coolest thing to see a, a splash homer going over the wall in right field. And as the ball is going over the fountains, the fountains and the foghorns are going up at the same time. It's just the whoever does it is perfect. Way better than the Dodgers who cut off the lights as the ball was crossing the fence earlier. And that was brutal. That that was dangerous. That was dangerous. This not dangerous. What about love the fireworks them. at Angel Stadium? That's fun. Fireworks? They do fireworks? Yeah, for home runs. I I always pay attention to the fire. I love the fire there. Uh, well, yeah, the fire. Like the it's the fire. I call them the fireworks. It's the same guy who does the fireworks. Bob, who's awesome. So Shout out Bob. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I'm just a a sucker for stuff like that and the timing is what I was watching the other night and it was it was awesome. I so, love that. uh yeah, Giants are serious okay. contenders. I think you might agree with all of these statements. We got one more for you. Okay. Are you ready? Louisa Rise deserves MVP votes. This is deserves. Yes, he does. Another five for five game, flirting with four hundred all season. Yeah, the guy went. <laughs> the guy went two for five the other day, and his batting average went down. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I. The answer is yes here, and we're about to get into BVP in yeah. a second, and we'll talk all about the current MVPs of the league. Here's what's tricky. The answer is yes, because he's flirting with 400. Like if that happens, he has to get some acknowledgement for how good he does. But you look at like, who are the most valuable players of the league? Luis Arise isn't, it isn't hitting homers. He's not getting on and stealing a bunch of bases. So, you know, who is more valuable between him and like a Ronald Acuna, who's hitting 330 with a bunch of he's on pace for what 30 40 homers and he's on pace for like 60 stolen bases I think that sort of guy that does everything is more valuable to a team but if you're gonna have a guy that hits around 400 it hasn't been done since Ted Williams obviously you have to give the guy MVP votes And, and I think the reason is because of what I said if there have been people over the last decade that have hit around 400 or have come close I might have a different answer here. But anytime you have somebody doing something that's never been done before Mm -hmm. in a positive direction, like if the guy went 0 for 150, I wouldn't say, like, he needs MVP votes because nobody's ever done that. If if they're doing it in a positive direction and it hasn't been done since Ted Williams, who many consider to be the greatest hitter of all time, you have to. You have to to give the guy MVP votes at this point. There's no better hitter right now. If If you want to hit, I will say this, and here's why I'll say yes. To round this all out, if you have a big moment in a game and you need a hit, one hit to win a ball game, you're taking Luis Arise. Oh, over everybody. And I think I think I think the majority of people would say that you're yeah. taking Luis Arise, and I think that accounts for something. So I'll say, yeah, he deserves it. It does. Votes. He might not be hitting home like a ton of home runs, but he's putting the ball in play. Yeah, and he's getting on base and he's driving in runs. He deserves it. Speaking, I used to put the ball in play a lot. But I didn't get credit for it when it was a rollover to the shortstop. I talked to my dad after the game, and he'd be like, "Why are you rolling over the ball, Ben?" 
Stop rolling over That's the ball. That's a good dad. So just putting the ball in play isn't always a key, but he finds he hits it where they ain't, and that is the key. I hit it where they were. Yeah, no, no, Not no. good. Yeah, you can't do yeah. that. Yep. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Now, speaking of Luis Arise, he's actually making an appearance in our next segment. Spoiler alert. Our BVP, Ben's most valuable players of the season so far, both leagues. And we do a top five. So let's get started with number five. Making, uh, making his appearance, Luis Arise. Luis Arise uh, was not on it last week or the mm-hmm. week before. I don't know if he's been on it at any point this year. Either way, he does now. 398, 105 hits, leads baseball there, a 932 OPS. So OPS is an interesting stat where it combines on-base percentage and slugging percentage. Yeah. Well, he ain't slugging. And his OPS still being at 932 is is remarkable, especially with he's got two homers on the year. One, he does not have, as I mentioned, doesn't have much power. He comes on flipping bats. In the week that he came on, until the most recent guest, Jared Walsh, came on, in the week he came on, he hit over 600, and he hit a homer. I mean, the flipping bats pod luck is, is unmatched. So is. he's back up to 398. He dipped down to around the 380 mark. Uh, what a week, what a season he's having. So, yeah, not a ton of power, but I'll take him, and he should get votes, absolutely, as I just mentioned. Which is crazy when you're like, I mean, he dipped down to 380. With any other, and any other player, you'd be like, he's yeah. hitting 380. This is amazing. Send him so, down. Yeah. He's done. It's crazy. And he's actually the only new face on the BVP this week. So moving to number four, Freddie Freeman. Yeah, we saw Freddie hit a homer. The one run that Shohei gave up on Wednesday night was a home run from Freddie Freeman deep to left center field. Freddie's hitting 323 with 14 homers, 47 RBIs, Ooh. and 60 runs scored on the year, all while playing a good first base. I love watching Freddie play. He's at number four again on this list. At number three, your MVP CC, Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll, baby. 298, 16 homers, 40 RBIs, 21 stolen bases. This guy is on pace. I mean, maybe slightly a tick behind in home runs. We could be talking about a rookie season challenging the 40-40 mark. I mean... This guy will absolutely get MVP votes, and Mm -hmm. I've talked about him a million times this year. He's still in the top five. He's still playing good baseball. Corbin Carroll, number three in this week's BVP. At number two, Holden Strong, Ronald Acuna Jr. I think this gap is getting close. Between Corbin Carroll and Acuna? I think the gap is – I mean – Prior, Ronald Acuna, and it's not because of anything Ronald Acuna has done. Ronald Acuna is hitting 327, 15 homers, 46 RBIs, 31 stolen bases, on pay, close to on pace for a 40-60 season, Insane. which would has never happened in the history of baseball. So uh, I, I just think the gap is closing. Just Corbin Carroll's power mixed with the speed, mixed with an elite defense. 
Uh, the guy's doing it all in a rookie season. So I, I absolutely think Corbin gets some MVP votes if the season ended right now. But right now, it's Ronald Acuna taking that top spot in the National League, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a spoiler, but not really. I mean, not spot. really. Your number one has been at number one for months now. He was the AL Player of the Week. He is the best player in baseball right now, Shohei Otani. Yeah, when you have a player that leads Major League Baseball in home runs and RBIs and slugging percentage and OPS and opponent batting average, mm-hmm. he's top three in the league in strikeouts on the mound. I mean, it's he's the most valuable player. Yep. And I was listening to, to Mike Trout speak recently and was talking about the money Shohei's going to get in the offseason and – Believes it's going to be somewhere between five hundred and six hundred million dollars. Yeah, deserves that's, every penny. He does, and that's that's your most valuable player of the league. And when and if that ever changes, I'll let you all know. But for right now, there's no doubt about it. The most valuable player in the game of baseball. Again, I'll I'll, I'll mention what I did earlier. After Wednesday night's performance on the mound. His MVP odds are now moved to minus 550. And there has never been in any professional league an MVP favorite this heavy of a favorite prior to the halfway mark of a season. It's never happened. To be minus 550, more than minus 500, to win the most valuable player of the league yep. on June 22nd, is one of the craziest things I have ever heard. And I just, yeah, we're on the way but to But you're not surprised. Him. It's Shohei no, Otani. I'm not. I'm not no. surprised. But he's, and neither should anybody be, that he's number one in this week's BVP. So we have Luis Arise, Freddie Freeman, Corbin Carroll, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Shohei Otani. Good week. Yeah, not, not, not bad five players right there. Yeah, Now, before we wrap things up, you know what we got? What? We got some fan questions. I don't know if I know. This is great. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's good. Let's bring up our first one from Joseph. Oh, a question for me. (laughs) We all know you're a Dodgers fan and will root for the Dodgers over any team, but who do you root for in a matchup of your other two teams? See, people are catching on. Would you go for San Diego or the Angels? Yes, Angels, Dodgers. Put her on the spot. <laughs> oh, baby, this is going to be good. I, I'll, ta- I'll take all the heat. I explained why I love all three of these teams. And if you don't know, born and raised with season tickets to the Dodgers, when I went to college down in San Diego, San Diego State, I would go to Padre games all the time. And then I worked for the Angels for 10 years on their broadcast. So I have a deep connection to each of these teams, which is why I love each of these teams. And that's yeah. okay. That's allowed. So, yes, picking Dodgers, Over. top. But then if it's Padres, Angels, I got to go Angels. Yeah, Especially I, if Trout and Otani are still on the team because I'm a big personal connection. Like, I have to be, like, emotionally connected to a team no, I, and I, players. I hear you. But now, like, I don't know if Joe's gonna be mad at me about that too. I don't know. Now that no, here's, a homie. I, I know. I feel like we I feel like we avoided the best part of this question. I know if it's Padres Dodgers, you're taking the Dodgers. Yeah. I is this on the record right now that if it's 
Dodgers against the Angels. I have no idea. Yes, you do. No, I don't. You just don't want to say it. I knew no, it. No, I don't. I knew it. No. <laughs> I have to see who's playing. Like, is it this year? Is it next year? Who's on the team? This is tough. I I just want to see a great like that. That's like heart torn into two. That's like having a parent who has like a kid playing on one team and another kid like the Weavers when they were on the Dodgers and Angels and the Weavers wore the the half Angels half Dodgers jersey. That would be me and I would probably get so much hate, but I would take all of it. You should get a jersey next year if yep. if Shohei ends up with the Dodgers oh. wherever he goes. You should get a split jersey that has Trout and then Tani <laughs> on the Angels. That would be Dodgers yeah, my two side. children. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <sighs> okay, thank you for that, Joseph. On to our yeah, next Twitter that. question. This one comes from Ian. Do you think whoever wins the AL Central will finish the season above 500? <laughs> it's so sad that this is like a legitimate question. Um, my my gut goes to yes. Okay. I believe I if I had to pick right now, I would say the Twins win the division and that they would finish over 500. But the fact that this is even a question is a bit depressing yeah. because it makes me think about the Tigers and they're kind of poo-poo these days. And I don't like that. Did you say poo-poo? Yeah. <laughs> I don't love that. Um, but the the Guardians, not good. Um. White Sox have been a nightmare for two seasons now. Yeah. I just I, – I think the Twins – Yes, the twins. Okay. Please, please be above please 500. It would not be a good look if a it would division be winner is under 500. Yeah. All right. We got one more Twitter question. This one comes from Seth. Do you think Jordan Alvarez will win MVP at some point in his career? If so, when? By the way, Alex, you should make a shirt that says Shorty on a box. That's my hashtag. Do you have one? I have a bobblehead, and I'm standing on a box, and on the back says hashtag shorty on a box. That was my bobblehead that the Angels, like, they all made for me. I did yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Jordan Alvarez, MVP at some point in his career. I think Jordan, when healthy, is the best hitter in baseball. Right now, it's Aaron Judge when healthy. But I think there's a real argument for that to be Jordan. The thing with Jordan is he DHs a lot, he gets injured a good bit, and he doesn't play a great defense when he's out there. So he's not like racking up any points for being a good defender, you know? Not it mostly goes offensively, but we're not going to see a DH win the MVP award, and for Jordan to win it, we're going to have to see a year like Aaron Judge had yeah. last year. He's going to have to break some sort of record, which he absolutely can. He can lead the league in RBIs. He can hit a ton of homers. But I think that's the only way we're going to see it. So my gut as of right now, if I had to pick, does Jordan win an MVP at some point in his career? I would say no because of the he's injury prone. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, you know, we see him at some point throughout a season missing a good chunk of time, as we're seeing right now with Jordan. And just the the DHing thing, DH is a lot of the time. We're not going to see a DH win the MVP award. So I'll say no. But ask me the question of who's the best hitter in baseball when Jordan's in that conversation for me, hands down. Yeah, when he's healthy. Yeah. yeah. So that might be a cop out just to just to talk nicely about Jordan. That's but, nice. You know, we both yeah. gave a bit of a cop out answer at times here. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you what mean? What do you mean? I gave I gave my truth. Um, is that our last question? That's it. Uh, one more shout out for okay. the studio. Yeah. This segment on the floor 
was awesome. That was incredible. This Epic. place is the incredible. The first of many. First of many on the floor. So make sure you're you're watching everywhere. We'll also put that out on social media, as I mentioned. But again, another shout out to everybody that made this possible because I can't tell you how happy it makes me to walk through those doors over there and to see the set and to get ready to talk baseball on this incredible set. Next Feel to you, Alex. Air condition. Oh, thanks. I was like, I'll take it. I, I realize I need... I. The cheesier I get, the more you like it. So. I do. Once a show, I'll try and drop something Thank you. really cheesy. Thank you. But that's it. I love life. Oh, Jesus. Okay, <laughs> that does it. Thank you all for listening to this Thursday episode. Next episode coming up tomorrow. But this one has been a blast. The White Sox Rangers play in the floor was the coolest thing of all time. That was a blast. So we'll, we'll put that all out in a little while on social media. But until next time, my friends, make sure you're subscribed. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, we're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch everything on YouTube as well at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Until tomorrow, my friends, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats, the first live full episode from our brand new studio. Until tomorrow.